Fear This with Becky and Marie, the podcast about all the things that scare the shit out of us and a few things that don't. I'm Becky and there's my podcast Marie on the Zoom. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. And uh, what are you fearing today, Marie? Well, I don't have a beverage today. I I'm sure you what? Can. And that's, that should be my fear that you don't have a beverage. <laughs> Our <laughs> listeners should fear as well. Yeah, I mean, it's like I'm, I may be like super serious and not I know. Like, should I keep listening? I don't even know if I should keep I listening know, now. Should we have like a warning that no adult beverages are fueling this episode? <laughs> <laughs> I have water that I just realized I poured into a cup that had coffee in it previously, <laughs> a travel mug. It's coffee flavored water, so I can I can fear that. Wait, but then so I have this that oh, okay. actually has wine in it. Wait, yes. so uh, for those of you who can't see Becky right now, I <laughs> she's in a similar setting it to me, but it, it's really kind of a funny contrast. So we're both in like really crowded closets with lots of- What are you of... seeing behind me? What can you, I can't even tell what you can see behind me. Oh, can you see my shoes? Oh, <laughs> my I see neon shoes. shoes and shoes. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a legit closet, you know, like a walk-in closet. And then, and you're like as crowded as I am. But what I think is funny is your the interior of your closet is white and the interior of my closet is black. <laughs> so it's black? black. You can't, it's so dark. You can't see black, anything. There's no light reflected. Oh, really? I see it in my not you. I'm saying when you go to look for your clothing and stuff, like it's it's dark. You know, um, I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but when we bought this condo, we had all these plans for improving things. But this is for listeners who haven't bought a house or a condo or anything like that. When you buy a place, think about like, can I live with it how it is? Because it's likely that all your dreams of changing things. (laughs) either won't ever happen or will take a long time to happen so this closet has problems and we were like oh well we'll just get it remodeled and then when we started pricing out how much it would cost to remodel the closet we were like well maybe it's fine how it is so we just put a big ikea cube back there because we already had it yeah so i uh I'm looking at Marie's closet like I have for a few months now, and I've never actually described it to you, um, dear listeners. Um, (laughs) The organization is is amazing, right? (laughs) Amazing. This is a collection of t-shirts, the likes of which the world has never seen. (laughs) I swear to you, on that one cube, you have got like 85 t-shirts stacked up over your left shoulder. It goes goes all the way down. Uh, I don't even know. And do you like it? I bet you have more t-shirts than you could wear in a year. You like how everything is nicely folded and organized. Organized. Here's the I'm playing, I'm playing spy here. here. (laughs) James's hat. Oh my god. Yeah. It's it's a right. So now it's coming out. This closet is- I've spared our listeners of that description for months, but since you brought up my shoes and hats and (laughs) well, Um, you know, you know, I I went through this phase during COVID where I organized everything, right? All of our closets. Did you Marie Kondo and everything? Well, no. Okay. Because I didn't even know who Marie Kondo was until somebody unfriended me on all devices and wrote me a letter that they were Marie Kondoing me out of their life. (laughs) Shut up. No, no. I got an email. You got Marie Kondoed? I got personally Marie Kondoed. I can't even... It's this crazy, it's one of the craziest uh, text messages I've ever received from someone. And 
it was to me and another girl who both were simultaneously Marie Kondo'd. And now, so I had no idea who Marie Kondo was. So I said to James, I'm like, this person just said that they Marie Kondo'd me out of their life. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? And he's like, I don't know either. So I called the other girl that got Marie Kondo'd and she explained it to me that it was someone who helped with home organization. Yeah. Right. Well, the book is really good. I watched a little bit of the show and it really took off when Netflix, you know, during COVID and everybody went nuts. The book is very effective in her explaining what happens, but I don't think, or explaining what could happen when you start cleaning out your life, but I don't think she meant tell people that they're being Marie Kondo. I don't think she, she <laughs> actually wanted to turn into a verb. Like the book is all about kindness and peace. And like, you're not supposed to fucking announce to people that they're clutter. Of she course. told you were clutter. Of course. <laughs> it takes a self-absorbed like LA person to to read it that way right <laughs> she starts looking around in her life and like who can i tell off and make myself feel better that i'm yeah yeah oh man okay well, well you know a, there's not a chapter in the book about cleaning out all the people you don't need in your life anymore <laughs> <laughs> no. she actually has this thing about like once you have all the things you need the rest will just fade away on its own you know like like it could be relationships or it could be but once you have everything that you need and everything around you brings you joy then you'll notice you don't need some things right well you know this kind of ties into to today's topic in a way which is revenge because mm-hmm. I, I feel like people constantly take everything as a a personal affront they're always filtering everything between through their brain as like how how is this meant towards me and I've had a couple of weird experiences like this like there was a woman that I went to high school with that me and another person went with her to McDonald's we were just like hanging out one one night after church I hadn't seen her in years and we were all just joking around about high school in the past and she had a speech prepared for us and she was just waiting for a trigger, right? And then she gave notes. No, in her mind, like she had okay, clearly okay. done it in the mirror. She's like, there's times. my opening. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were teasing her about something in high school. And she was like, you know, I'm a grown woman now. And I'm not going to allow you guys to bully me. And then she gave us a speech. And it was like so bizarre and out of the blue, right? And it, it was one of the first times that I realized wow, people hold on to stuff from junior high and high school, like one comment, like one slight. I mean, people did mean things to me. I could have harbored them and thought to myself, I'm going to wait and someday there's going to be a bag of flaming shit on this person's doorstep and they're not even going to know why, (laughs) you know? Yes. So that is so it's almost as if we practiced that, which we didn't, dear listeners. We did not practice that. That is exactly the kind of thing I'm going to talk about is people who hold on to shit. And some people hold on to shit for years and years and years and years. And sometimes that stuff turns into a revenge thing, you know? So you didn't ask me what I'm fearing. Well, that's because I was I was getting really enthusiastic about the topic. But... <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> because you care uh no I, I really I really really care and I just needed to get all that out and now I would like to know Becky what are you fearing today well Marie 
it might come as a shock to you that I am fearing people who get revenge on other people, whether for a perceived slight or an actual thing they did that was terrible. Right. Um, but people who get revenge immediately, people who wait 10 minutes, people who wait years. So revengeful people is what I'm fearing today. Okay. And I have so many fucking stories about this. It is absolutely incredible. Um, so here's what I've got. And I'm going to give you some choices as to where we begin. Because I have, I have different categories of revenge. Oh, wow. And I'm going to tell you the different categories. And then you can tell me which one Wait, you want to. Can this be like the wheel of revenge? Like, you want to spin the spin the topic I was wheel? Spin the wheel of revenge. And Absolutely. Can you just insert just insert a wheel spinning sound when you're? Uh... I will find a wheel spinning sound. So, so uh, okay, so here we have we have people who are either medical doctors or PhDs murdering people out of revenge. We have image-based sexual abuse, which is revenge porn. I have a crazed mob getting revenge on a violent uh, serial rapist. I have poisoning and I have child molester revenge. And I also have a soccer player revenge, or you would say football in everywhere else in the world. So I which don't know one... what accent that was you just did. Football. I don't either. <laughs> I still don't know. Okay. We'll have to work on your uh, impressions. That's my general European. You know how every movie that takes place in the past, everyone's like vaguely British. Yeah, uh, that's okay. <laughs> like you just not you can't really tell what the hell they're doing. Yeah, it's like all right. Which one appears vaguely to European first? with the speech impediment? <laughs> have you watched uh, what we do in the shadows? The show. Love that show. Mm -hmm. Love it. Okay, so the guy who plays. God, the characters. I haven't watched it in so long, like a few months. I can't remember the characters, but the one. Don't you doubt, you know, like he's got yeah. the thing and the thing. Yeah, he was interviewed on the ticket in Dallas, the radio station I listened to. They got him on there talking about how he came up with that accent. He is so <laughs> funny. What's his name? Something the the maniac or something the the feared. Oh, or... oh, I know what you're talking about. The not the mangler or the yeah, the, the main something. guy, the main guy. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. one who's not married to the funny lady. He's uh, right. the other guy. Not anyway, Jackie so... Daytona. <laughs> yeah, not him. Not Jackie Daytona. The other guy. He's like. He said, the Macarena, when yeah. I was distracted by the Macarena. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So you have choices. What are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? Um, Wheel of Marie topic revenge. Yes, Let's yes. Go. Oh, man, this is really hard. But I'm going to take uh, the porn Start one. with the porn? Yeah, start with the porn. Let's do that. That's depressing as fuck, but let's. all of them are. So, okay. So in, in terms of this particular topic, I, I have uh, sources uh, from Washington Post and one uh, article from Fast Company. And the statistics, according to Fast Company, which if you've ever been on that side, they have really good research, really good stuff, fastcompany.com. One in three women are, will be victims of revenge porn or image-based sexual abuse. Can you believe that number? I mean, I do, but it's still One shocking, in three? right? One in three. Now, there have been a lot of states, except for, I think there's like five states that don't have laws banning it. In some states, it's a felony. Texas is one of them. So we got something right in this place. Um, California, I believe, is also a felony, or at least it's a misdemeanor or a felony, depending on like what you do. So in a lot of states, it's a misdemeanor where you could be, you could be sent to jail for a year uh, if, you've, if you've done something like that without consent. So there was an article in the Washington Post in October. And one of the things they said about revenge porn is that it actually has taken off even more so during Corona, which is really fucking depressing. 
that a lot of women, they said, used Corona as a way of isolating from their abuser who they didn't live with, like if it was just a boyfriend or whatever, that that was their breakup. They're like, I'm not legally allowed to leave my house during lockdown or I'm scared of Corona. But then many of those abusers took that opportunity to force them to do something for them by threatening to release those photos or threatening to release videos and holding it above them. So sometimes they would threaten to dox, you know what doxing is? No. Uh, where a DOX docs, where you release someone's private information on a public site, you list out where they work, what their job is, what their parents, where they live, what the town they live in, their cell phone number, all of that. And so they will do that thing as well as here's these pictures. So there was this a revenge porn site and the guy who ran it was like, I don't control the content, but all it was is revenge porn because he controlled the site, but not the content. He wasn't held responsible. But about two or three years ago, he was finally convicted and he, he was sentenced to many years in prison and the dipshits out there weeping weeping. I'm like, oh, really? Why don't you cry for all the women that you did this to? Because by the way, 98% of victims are women. And the vast majority of sexual imagery is sent by men of themselves. But it's only two or 3% of revenge porn that is men. You see what I'm saying? Women do not post revenge porn. Yeah. Men post revenge but, porn. but let me ask you this. So I'm hypothetically, I'm dating this guy and he was like, hey, for my birthday, I'd love for you to let me take some nude pictures of you so I can have them with me always when you're not around, right? This is the story that I always hear from women as to why they did it. And, uh, and so the, it's private photos. I've even heard of women doing photo shoots, like going to a studio. Professional. Right. And that's for their husband or their uh, boyfriend. And then they break up. I mean, this happened to a congressperson. I yeah. can't remember her name. I think she was a- Katie, Katie something, yeah. Yeah, she was a Democrat. And her ex-husband got revenge on her once she won the political position by publishing nude photos that were just meant for the two of them. And I guess there was some, another woman in the photos as well. So it was like- it was, it wasn't something that personal he, private yeah. sex life. I don't exactly. I don't care yeah. if they're furries, but he released that personal. Exactly. Private exactly. But why there oh. was controversy about it. And then, and she ended up having to step down from her position, which I, I have mixed feelings about that. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't, you, you, it's not her. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. But anyway, that that's what I'm saying is that the prevalence of people feeling comfortable photographing their sexual activities for private use has increased. It's not something that people used to do, I don't think, as much as they do in the modern. Perhaps because we have a camera with us at all times, right? Yeah. On our phones. But it's always been a thing. It's always been a thing. Polaroids. Yeah. You should ask James about this because almost every guy I know has a story like this of finding in the woods Polaroids of a naked woman and or a playboy magazine or a penthouse or whatever when they were kids and that people have always always done this it's just a matter of maybe it's easier now and sure i mean it's also where before you'd have to mail the photos to somebody in the literal mail you know but now it's you just take a second and upload it to this, this awful site so yeah. i'm sure people are are more at ease now with it because it's so common but um it's certainly something we didn't hear about back then right. but now it's like it's like kids there was this whole article a couple of years back about literal kids like eighth grade kids who 
unless these girls, unless they send nude pictures of themselves, they won't get a date or they won't get asked out or they won't get a kiss, you know? And then it becomes, I'll kiss you if you give me a blowjob first. I read a whole thing about that. Yeah, everything's uh, different from when we were kids. <laughs> here's one example of a story, a woman named Caitlin in the Washington Post. And here's what the article says. She sent some intimate photos to her ex-boyfriend when they were together. And somehow he claims he doesn't know how in March of 2018, 14 of these pictures of her were posted on a website called Anon-1B, which is essentially a revenge porn site, or at least that's primarily what it's used for. Well, she found this out. He, he claims he doesn't know how it happened, but she got an attorney, subpoenaed the internet provider and the username and address of the individual who posted the photos. And are you ready to be really creeped out? It belonged to a math teacher and tennis coach from her former high school. Gross. the one who posted them. Gross. Yes. Now, first of all, what probably happened is the boyfriend sent them to people and just said, here, look at this. And I will tell you for absolute sure, if you have ever sent a naked or whatever picture to any guy, he has shown it to everyone he knows. I have seen these pictures. Guy friends of mine who've gotten these pictures from girls have shown them to me. And I'm not even close friends with these guys. These are just guys I know. And they show them to everyone. Yeah. I promise you, if you have sent those pictures, they have been, yeah. So the thing is, I would never, and I mean never ever blame a victim. And I hate it when people say, well, she shouldn't have sent those pictures. No, you go fuck yourself. He shouldn't have done that. That was their private business. And for him to do that to her is, is one of the lowest things I can imagine. It's just one of the lowest things I can imagine. Like, I think it is a sexual assault when that happens to you because it is not your consent and somebody does something with your body that you didn't consent to. You consented to that person seeing it, but for them to take it to that next level of showing it or releasing it to the world or even showing it to other people, it's just such a level of sorriness. You know, I just don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think in particular when people are in bad breakups, they they make a lot of poor judgment calls about not only photos that they reveal to people, but personal information that they reveal to people about their relationship. And it's always struck me as odd when somebody just goes to the family and friends, like let's say the, the husband has an affair, right? And it's at this point, it's just between the wife, the mistress, and the husband. And then the wife is so angry that she tells everyone in his family, everyone in her family, all their friends, all the gory details, but then decides to get back together with them. So I, I would caution people in their feelings of revenge. Like this is a big problem when people want to be spiteful at the end of a relationship, but just consider, do you ever want to get back together with this person? Do you ever want to have a relationship with their family? Do you want to keep your friends? Like, take a breath. Is it worth it? Maybe it makes you feel good in the moment. Even if it's justified, even if the person's a piece of shit, it doesn't help you. Last point I want to make, just in the same way you need to take a breath, and this is, this is where the judgmental, I told James because we were talking about a bunch of different social issues. And then I just realized, I said, we're very square we're not modern with the times anymore. We're like old people. Like some of the stuff that bothers us is just like nothing to people. And I, and I think that dick pics and nude pictures are just commonplace now. And, and maybe the first time you see someone naked, 
should be in person. Is that old fashioned? Probably. <laughs> I mean, uh, probably. Like, if anybody under, you know, 38 is listening to this, they're probably like, ah, shut up. Shut up. I don't want to hear it from you. I want to see all the dicks. I'm like, no woman wants to see that. But then the dudes are like sending it around. But the number of women who have gotten dick pics that I did not ask for is astonishing. It's astonishing. As a form of harassment, you know, like the Anthony Weiner thing or the Brett Favre thing, where you are sexually harassing a girl by sending her pictures of your dick. No girl has ever rejected a guy and then saw a dick pic and been like, oh, now I want to be with you. It's never happened in the history of time. No, no, it hasn't. And also, if you look at the porn industry, predominantly the patronage is males, right? And it's not that women don't like sexual imagery, but they usually like the guy's face and torso to be in the image. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like to see if, if something is romantic, I like to see the whole person. Or if the close-up yeah. is going to be of but their face. There's, there's also an emotional young. component there, too. There's an emotional connection that we would, you know, if you read a romance novel, I'll say modern romance novel, not the ones that are rape-based, because that's the whole thing, too, that we've talked <laughs> about before. Bo- the bodice rippers. Yeah, the bodice rippers, where, like, he rapes her and she falls in love with them or something. Yeah. But um, the ones that are, like, real, like, they meet, they have a relationship, they, they have feelings for each other, and the sex has to do with those feelings, not, you know, not... I mean, they're attracted to each other, but it's also an right. emotional connection. So, yeah. Well, to give me an example, what's a movie or something that you would watch and go, oh, this is this movie's a real turn on, like because of the sex scenes or whatever? Let me think. I'll tell you the hottest, the hottest sex scene I'll tell you in a movie I've ever seen is in a movie called A Walk <laughs> on the Moon. Oh, okay. All right. So there's a scene where Diane Lane, who's the most beautiful person ever, and Viggo Mortensen, who can be some roles he plays, he's the hottest fucker who's ever walked. He's super hot, yeah. Like ridiculous, where they two of them have sex, but they're, they're kissing and he kind of moved down her body and you see her face and you know what he's doing, but she doesn't. She literally has never experienced oral sex before. Have you seen this movie? I have seen it, yeah. Okay, well, she, and then she goes, what are you doing? Like she had no idea what he was doing. And it's like, the sex scenes in that are hot. Yeah. I've never heard a woman go, oh, the scene in a porn was so hot or whatever. It's always like something romantic in a movie that. Yeah, but I do think, I mean, speaking of times changing, women do uh, consume porn more than they used to. That's true. But and I... it's it's changing everybody's sex life, you know, and, and the way that men think women want to be treated. And, you know, so there was this whole article years ago. I mean, like five years ago, but it's still it's obviously worse now. Where this woman wrote this whole thing about dudes her age and her in her you know mid twenties want to do these weird acrobatic sex moves and she's like <laughs> she she's like there's no way you learn this anywhere but a porno and right. no woman actually wants to just be you know twisted up into a thing and thrown over the thing and like just fucking have sex with me it's, you know but this guy thinks that's what she wants because he's been watching porn and his brain is warped and he right. doesn't you know so there's a scene um, in uh, Euphoria the HBO series which I actually think you would like um where a girl and a guy what i hate it oh you hate it okay which i think i'm just kidding i've not seen it i was just messing with you (laughs) which i meant to say you would probably hate that's what i meant to say no i've not seen it but i heard it was great so yeah there's a scene where a girl and a guy are having sex and the guy starts choking her and she's like what the hell are you doing and he was like well i thought that's what women like oh and this was from his like porn stuff right 
right. But right, no, right. I mean, I have heard that it's affecting girls, but you know, I think it affects girls in the same way that the dick pic thing does, right? That girls are feeling an expectation to please boys or men in this way because that's what they're being told on the internet versus the reality of what they want. So, so the male female dynamic plays itself out even in the super feminist, if you want to, I don't know why feminism involves photographing yourself naked and being a porn star or whatever. Well, I mean, you know, like own your sexuality, but if it's consensual, it has to be consensual or can't be right. where, I think that her intentions are the thing that determines whether or not it's a feminist move. If your intentions are that this is a thing that you really enjoy, this is the thing that makes you happy and brings you contentment and you feel right. empowered. If you're, if you're doing it because you're being pressured or whatever, for any other reason, no, that's not a feminist move. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a good you know, clarification. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So now you want to move on to a different type of revenge? Cause I have so many different types of revenge. Do you want a poison? You want a shooting? You want a kidnapping? You want to, um, I think this is going right. to be a two-part revenge. Episode. Really? Well, I don't know. We don't, we don't have to make it that way. If we, if we can get through these. Well, I'll tell you the, the SMR stuff that you sent me, I, I definitely want to talk about it, but I really want to just get revenge on the people who do it because it's so fucking awful. <laughs> I wanted to puke. <laughs> I wanted to fucking puke. So okay. I want to talk about that. And then okay. I'm going to pull my revenge against them. Okay. Got it. So I'll let you pick the next one. So you give me your best. Okay. Night. So one of the most, I'll do this one. One of the most um, infamous slash famous revenge cases happened in the 80s in either Louisiana, Western Louisiana or Eastern Texas, because the crime originally occurred in, in Southeast Texas. Um, so there, but there's a boy who's become, well, in the 80s, he was a boy. So he's in his late 40s, I think now, but he was molested. He was groomed and molested and raped by his karate coach. And so it was one of those classic stories like Sandusky, right? Where he started with little things. He would, he would touch them a little bit and he would give him special privileges. And then he said to the class, uh, karate class, he said, one of you gets to ride in my car or drive my car. So he, Jody is the, is the 11 year old boy. He says, oh, I want to do, I want to be in your car. So they take off and he puts him in his lap and it starts with just stuff like that, right? And he's touching him and, and it escalated to rape. And, and then he eventually kidnaps the boy, takes him from Texas to California and he eventually lets him call his mother and, he, and they figure out he's in, he's in Anaheim because he was going to take him to Disneyland. So one of the interesting aspects of this case is, I'm trying to get the name, Jody. I don't know how to pronounce this. P-L-A-U-C-H-E, Plache. Yeah, Plache, Jody Plache. Um, his father is Gary. And Gary's one of those men that told Jody his whole life, if anybody ever does anything to you, I'll kill him. Mm -hmm. and that was why Jody never told because he didn't want the guy to get murdered he, want, he wanted it to stop but he didn't know how to get to stop without right. his dad killing him right now there are a lot of kids who get that message it's a common thing right I remember when I went off to college I remember my guy friends we were talking about college rape and my guy friends were like well you better not get raped because I'm going to kill whoever does it I remember it's like a thing you say mm -hmm. you know and some people mean it so here's what happened and there's video of this because it was live on the news, the guy, the rapist, Jeff Doucet, I think these are French. We might be in Louisiana. D-O-U-C-E-T might be Doucet. I don't know. But he's the, he was a rapist. <laughs> okay, so let's call him Jeff Douche. Okay. 
So Jeff Douche was headed back from California and he's at the airport. And so here's what the ESPN.com article and how they write it. It's really well written. So I'm just going to read it. All right. So here's the way it reads. Here is the karate coach, Jeff Douche, coming down from the plane. There's Jody's dad waiting by a bank of payphones. He's got a 38 snub nose revolver in his right boot. He's facing the wall, talking on one of the phones to his best friend, Jimmy. Here he comes, Gary whispered. You're about to hear a shot. Then Gary reached down for the gun, spun around and fired a hollow point bullet into Douche's brain from three feet away. He lowered the gun, turned around and hung up the phone. A TV camera caught it all. He would be dead within 24 hours. Um, and so Gary committed this murder, plotted it, planned it and carried it out. What punishment do you think should happen to him? Well, the problem is people can't just be allowed to take justice into their own hands because it's subjective as to sometimes the interpretation of crime is subjective. So you have all these cases in history of people dragging like a black man into the town square because he's been accused of rape, right? Uh, or people getting accused of- Or just something. looking at a white woman. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But even in modern times, Mm-hmm. people get accused of stuff and they didn't do it and it goes on forever it haunts them their whole life and then 35 years later a dna test exonerates them so if we just make it the norm that okay but 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 let's talk about this particular case just this particular case where he took your child and you caught him in california with your child he had raped we know he did it i know there's no trial but he's the one who took your child your child says he raped me. He kills the guy. What punishment do you think he should get? Whatever the law says you should get punished for. First degree murder, life yeah. in prison. Premeditated murder, because that's what he did. Despite the fact that his, I know everybody says they would love to kill the person that did this or that. But, but then if we allow that as a society, then we will tumult into absolute chaos in my opinion so if you were on that jury you wouldn't be swayed by his reason for doing it no murder is murder wow i disagree with that oh my god we're disagreeing we're disagreeing hey, justin hey derek whatever the fuck your name is we're disagreeing <laughs> <laughs> no i'm a stickler i'm a stickler okay. about the law go ahead okay i'm not saying right or wrong i'm just saying that I think there are extenuating circumstances sometimes. So I'm trying to find the exact punishment he got. Seven years on a suspended sentence, meaning he didn't go to prison, five years probation, and 300 hours of community service, which he did at his local church, mostly cutting the grass, because the judge said he was not a threat to the community. Okay. I mean, if the community decided, if the jury decided that that is fair punishment, then I can stand behind it. But in general, I don't like the idea of, I mean, people get cut slack for all sorts of things, right? Right. Mm-hmm. But so and- I'm not saying I think he shouldn't have gone to jail. I'm not saying I think he should have spent life in prison. I don't like life in prison anyway. Uh, but I think there are extenuating circumstances. I think, there I, are. think I think mental distress in that case is i'm not saying that it means you should kill the guy but man if you'd beat him to a pulp and put him in a coma they might pin a medal on him you know and and if you didn't murder the guy but that is actually one of the few 
cases where you saw it happen, he did it, he did it for this reason, said he would do it, pulled it off and didn't go to prison for it. It's a different thing, like for me, of whether or not the guy, like say he got off on a technicality, even though he confessed, you know, that to me, it'd be like, hmm. If he's going to go around raping other boys, that's a problem. But the guy didn't even go to trial. Let the guy go to trial first, dude. Let him go to fucking trial and see what the jury says, you know? So, so you're sort of, so you're sort of agreeing with me that he should. Well, you said, you said premeditated murder is premeditated murder. That's what I'm disagreeing with. Oh, I I got you. I got you. I think there are circumstances. I'll backtrack on that a little bit and say there, obviously there are circumstances to take into account in every in every murder so you know what's the history of the person are they a threat all that kind of stuff but just in general do i favor the idea of parents going out and vigilante style killing people who molest their children no so that's my clarification oh i'm not saying i support that either i'm just saying the prison time thing is to me the extenuating circumstances so yeah i know you're right about that sorry justin we're agreeing again damn it justin justin Okay. I tried. I tried. So I've got one that's a little bit odd and there's no death here. And this one has to do with soccer. Okay. <laughs> or football. Um, football. Those of you, those of you who we do have listeners in like Slovenia and France and stuff. So this is for y'all. So this is a guy and I'm going to mispronounce these names and I just hope y'all forgive me. But this case I thought was really strange and it happened in the World Cup. Okay, the Football World Cup in 2006. So I'm going to read it. This is from The Guardian. And the person writes it so well that I just am going to read the verbatim thing. And I watched the video of it, by the way. And you can see the video of, of what happens here. So here's how it reads. Just about the only words Marco Materazzi has not tattooed on his body are the ones he spoke to Zinedine Zidane in the 109th minute of the 2006 World Cup final. It took a while for them to become public. In the aftermath of the incident, it was suggested Materazzi had said something about Zidane being a terrorist. Zidane's parents emigrated to France from Algeria or that he had insulted the player's mother. Both of these stories are not accurate. What he had said, in fact, was a reply to Zidane. Okay, so during the, the entire match, Zidane was being guarded by Materazzi, right? And Marazzi kept grabbing his jersey, grabbing his jersey, trying to keep up with him, grabbing his jersey. And so after having his shirt tugged by the Italian defender throughout the match, Zidane asked whether or not he would like to have his shirt as a souvenir. Materazzi responded, no, but I'd like to have your sister. Uh-oh. <laughs> And so here's what happened. And this is, again, back to the exact words of this article. With 11 minutes to go in a career that had placed him among the very greatest figures ever to play the game that brought him to the World Cup, all of these other medals, and in 2001 made him the subject of a world record transfer fee, which is a thing over there. They trade players and pay a lot of money for it. Have 47 million pounds back in 01. It's a lot of money. He made the decision to take revenge for the injury to his family's pride. And with the ball elsewhere down the field, he sprinted towards Materazzi and launched a headbutt at the Italian's breastbone. And when you see it, it is shockingly violent. He sprints and launches from his foot into the air and just punches the guy right here. Like, you could have stopped his heart. I mean, it was full on 
like right here or broken his rib or punctured his lungs or I mean once the referee had been alerted to the reason why Matarazzi was rolling on the ground off went Zidane without a complaint or a backward glance and there is this article where he basically was like well, I, ha- I had to get revenge like I had to get revenge I had to because like, of the sister comment yes and so what happened was that the team he's playing for which I guess was France they ended up losing because he's ejected from the game of course and they ended up losing and so his decision he knew like he knew immediately he was going to get ejected he knew it and he did it anyway and so the revenge thing there is very interesting like first of all no one heard him say it it wasn't like it was a public insult it wasn't like he actually touched your sister you made a comment he made a comment and by the way i know for an absolute fact that men sit around and insult their mothers and sisters constantly. It's a thing they do, especially on the field. You talk about, I'm coming after your mother. I'm, you know, it's a thing that they do. So for him to say that he had to avenge that, I'm like, that wasn't the first time somebody insulted your family. Just fucking live with it, bruh. Um, but it bleeds me. It bleeds. It bleeds me. I'm sorry. It, le- <laughs> it, <bleeds. laughs> it leads me into one of the reasons why revenge is so delicious and why it's so appealing. Now, side note, I do not particularly care for movies that are all about revenge. I don't particularly care for that. I have a couple of exceptions. One of them is that first John Wick because they killed the puppy. Sorry, spoiler alert. There's a whole Um, subgenre of film known as rape and revenge films. I don't know. Rape and revenge? We were talking about like I spit on your grave and all that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I saw it's that like, a long time ago. So like that movie, the beginning of the film is like, it seems like a 30, 40 minute rape, gang rape. And then the second half of the movie is the woman either coming Torture back porn. from the grave mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. killing all of her victims. But that's, a yeah. there are hundreds and hundreds of, maybe even more than that, but that's a, a subgenre of horror that a lot of people really enjoy. I don't really, I don't, I, I know that's true, but I don't really enjoy it. I don't find that that storyline appealing i don't enjoy people in pain so if i'm supposed to get joy from you hurting the people who hurt you i don't get that joy which maybe means i'm not a psychopath because i really don't like watching people in pain right well and other I- other than you know uh jesse pinkman he killed the puppy dog in um in john wick i was like i'm ready for you to go kid i'm sorry jesse but i'm ready for you to go <laughs> but there are certain crimes or certain behaviors where i'm like all right, I get why you would do that. Or it's kind of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so do you watch Yellowstone? I do not, no. Sorry. Did you try and you didn't like it or you just never tried it? I've never tried it. Okay. I, I so, have to now because you like it, right? It's something you like. So I can see. No, uh, you can't. I can't make you watch it just because I like it. Oh, because I never like anything you mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to study something that, that you like. um so there's a character that i didn't like uh for the first couple seasons and that i don't still don't like her that she's really the only like there's only two women on the show who have leading like roles in the show and at first the first season i was like what are you doing you're so annoying but once you kind of dig her vibe and you go well i don't like her but i like watching her i mean she's kelly riley is the actress and you've seen her in other things. She plays Beth Dutton. And there's this whole thing about Beth Dutton's attitude. And her. she has really like quotable quotes. And some of them are about revenge. And one of them, she says to, and I know I'm naming people from different shows, but you know Sawyer from Lost? I don't know the actor, Josh something is the actor's name. 
So she no, says it to him. Either, you on. didn't watch Lost? Um, so she says, you're the trailer park and I'm the tornado, which I'm in love with that line. <laughs> and then there's a, there's a woman where, and I'm not giving anything away. There's a, she says it to another woman that has, has hurt her and her family. And she says this line, she says, the woman says to her, well, don't worry, the sting will fade. And Beth says, the sting never fades with me. It's a painful lesson in one you're about to learn. And there's something when you're watching her say it, you're on her team because what's been done to her family, you just really hate the people who are doing it. So, so it's like that thing that was so magical about, speaking of Jesse Pinkman, about Breaking Bad, where the writing was so spectacular and it was written mostly by women. That's probably why the writing was so spectacularly done in that last season where they set up these horrific, horrible Nazis because there was a time when we hated Nazis. Remember that in this country? Mm -hmm. And then you set up to where the people that Walt wanted to get revenge on, you hated too. So you wanted him to get revenge, even if you weren't rooting for him. It was really like a really well done twisty mm -hmm. kind of thing. So it's kind of like it is with that show, but she's also just a really good actress in this role. So why is revenge so appealing? There's a guy who's an evolutionary psychologist named Michael McCullough, and he's at the, the U of Miami. And he studies revenge. He started studying aggression, and then he started studying revenge. And he says a couple of things in this one article from bbc.com by Melissa Hogenboom. Revenge drives crime up to 20% of homicides and at least 60% of mass school shootings are linked to revenge. So revenge is one of the three reasons why people commit crimes. And it is a big, big one for especially mass murders. So it's like a perceived slight, you know, it's a, it's a you were mean to me, so, or they were mean to me, so I'm gonna get back at somebody else over here. It shapes politics. Donald Trump's presidential victory came as a result of revenge of working class whites who felt abandoned by a globalized economy, according to multiple sources, including the Washington Post. And so along with his colleague, Nathan DeWall of Kentucky discovered that a person who is insulted or socially rejected feels literally an emotional pain. And the area of the brain associated with pain was most active in the study they did with participants who went on to react with an aggressive response after the rejection. It's tapping, Chester says, it's tapping into an ancient evolved tendency to respond to threats and harm with aggressive retaliation. And emotional pain is intricately yoked with pleasure. While rejection initially feels painful, it can quickly be masked by pleasure when presented with the opportunity to get revenge because it activates the brain's reward circuit. And they name the part of the brain that I can't pronounce. People who are provoked to behave aggressively precisely because it can be hedonically? Hedonistic? No, it says hedonically. Hedonically he rewarding. Hedonically? Hedonically rewarding. Yeah, that's probably, so, a, that's probably a way of saying hedon. Hedonistically, yeah. Hedonistically. Revenge actually can be sweet. And so one of the things they said was that, that it actually does feel good to do it. And, and it evolved in part because in survival out there, human beings evolved to get revenge on people who hurt them so that nobody else would hurt them. So there's a evolutionary positive aspect of it, right? Otherwise everyone's gonna keep coming at you, so to speak. But just like a lot of things, it feels good in the moment, they said. It begins a cycle, it starts to look like an addiction. Afterwards, you end up feeling worse than when you started. So you do feel like emotionally okay everything's back even you know because i got revenge you feel right. good 
Now, one of the things they said was that the pleasure of plotting the revenge is also part of the fun of it. It's like you get a drive and a, it fuels all these tingly feelings and stuff. So the important thing is the experience of regulating your emotions. And so when you give someone an opportunity to get revenge, but they've taught how to regulate their emotions, then people can learn how to undo that behavior. You wonder why, why do we get revenge or why do we feel well? It's related to our past, our, you know, it's in our DNA. It's a science, people, it's science. Well, and it's a, it's a part of that, that crazy triggering in the brain that gives you that endorphin response, that serotonin endorphin response. And I, I don't know, sometimes whatever I'm working on, I start having dreams about it or I start thinking about it. And there've been a couple of times and it almost always happens on vacation or when I'm doing something for pleasure where some really old people will call me out for being on my iPad or my cell phone. And it infuriates me. And we're going to go on vacation sometime soon. And I was thinking about it the next time I'm on the beach that an old person stops to say, why don't you just enjoy the beach and quit playing on your phone or whatever, what I'm going to say, which that's how oh, you've got it all planned out. I've got it all planned out. Yeah. What are you going to um, say? So one, James and I were in downtown LA and we were trying to find a restaurant and we were lost. So we were sitting on a bench on our phones trying to find the location. And this old dude and his wife, the dude stops and says, you kids, why don't you get off your phones and enjoy your surroundings? And, and James just screamed, mind your business. Oh. <laughs> yeah, very okay. psychotically. And I was like, <laughs> I feel like we could have had a better comeback than that. <laughs> yeah, so you've, have you planned one out or you don't know it yet? You don't well, have no, I don't know it yet, but I need to plan something out. I need, I know. I'm it. like, let's, let's, let's workshop one for you right now. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so this is why people should never, ever insert themselves into some, a stranger's life like this. Like tell someone to smile or whatever. <laughs> right. I was in the grocery store in West Yellowstone and my mother-in-law was dying and this in Montana is a, is a vacation spot. And so it was the beginning of summer and everybody was, you know, I think little grocery store stocking up to go camping or whatever. And this dude walked, and I am like, I mean, I've been crying all day. I didn't want to be there. And I'm in the grocery store and I'm just walking around like a zombie and I'm over by the deli. I'm just kind of standing there. And this, uh, this dude just goes, you're on vacation. Smile. It's not that bad. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just looked at him and I go, how do you know it's not that bad? And I, I mean, I could have just said, well, my mother-in-law is dying and, you know, so you want to tell me again how, how not bad it is, you know, mm -hmm. you don't know what's going on in people's lives. Just shut up and leave people alone, you know? Totally. Totally. I was imagining that like, if I was sitting on the beach, cause this has happened to me before I'm playing like solitaire on my iPad while I'm on the beach, I'm enjoying the beach, but I'm also doing an activity and some it's again, some like. 67 year old guy like wants to comment on me not enjoying my time and getting off my device I want to just like as he's walking away just like leap out of my uh lounge chair and follow him and and go no no no, don't go I want I want to hear some more of great life advice <laughs> <laughs> something like that you know why is it okay to read a book or a magazine but you can't do something on your phone on the beach right you go up to people reading books and go put that down you know yeah yeah but something like that, and we'll be like, oh, wait, we're friends now. Where, what are you going to do next? <laughs> I'm going to go get no. a drink. Yeah, you've been giving me a life advice. 
life advice. Yeah, I can't you, wait to hear what we do next. Can you imagine his wife? <laughs> I want to like crawl under it. There's crazy ass Marie like following him around at the yeah. resort. Yeah. Like, oh, what are you getting for dinner? I think I'll get that too. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you guys having dinner tonight? Because I need more of your <laughs> sage advice. I'll leave my phone at home because I'll have you to entertain me. <laughs> isn't it fun plotting revenge it's plotting it's it's like plotting you're plotting pre-revenge it's like yeah, a, it is yeah, a whole fun thing yeah but or, you know people we always do that didn't you always do that in your life I used to say this to my kids and they would all go yes and go you know you plan arguments sometimes where you go oh yeah see this and they're gonna say that and I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna say that you know yeah. <laughs> it's like it's fun to plot those things out it is it is well especially if you work with somebody or you know somebody that is always saying like stupid things and like the the next time they say it you're gonna come back with a a response you know um like like I mean you probably know this from speech and debate but people who participate in speech and debate I can say this about my parents because they're both past but I do remember my mom was very verbally combative person about everything and at one point my my dad said to me it's because she participated in debate in high school <laughs> like somehow that oh my yeah and I was like okay but of course you know I participated in debate as well but when you participate in debate there is a big revenge aspect to debate because you debate with somebody and if they beat you or they pull some dirty trick then you're plotting what you're going to do to them the next How are you going to beat him next time but that's not revenge is it well it can it can take the form of revenge like planning to do distracting things or things that don't relate to oh <laughs> what were you gonna do that's distracting wear a short skirt walk in there was... like what are you talking about my partner and i used to debate this guy that prided himself on responding to every single argument no matter what it was one of those people that would just spread and talk really fast so, so you would just draw him off sides with a stupid thing and he'd have to respond to it because he couldn't help himself exactly so I had this uh, Ripley's believe it or not book and I pulled articles from it and just read things not related to the case <laughs> from Ripley's believe it or not what did the judge did the judge hear it or not pay attention or just be like what is happening right now <laughs> I, I don't know but the guy wasted wasted a whole ton of time and he was super confused it was a story from Ripley's believe it or not about coconuts falling on kids heads and killing them did you try to relate it back to the topic yeah oh lord but that was part of our revenge was you know because the guy was like real douchey and he was he was just being uncool in the in a round we had before so we didn't even care if we won the round our, our whole topic everything everything we did was just to mess with this person and we so unnerved him yeah. and threw him off his game that we ended up winning but I don't know if it's necessarily a satisfactory win <laughs> and I do believe I felt bad because yeah. the guy did cry a little bit which that happens sometimes in debate just to rounds too. mess with him yeah but that's the problem even if I oh, plot a yeah. ribbon I hate when I had to judge debate because people like you were like all, all, you know, all the smart stuff y'all say and I'd be like she's talking about coconuts am I supposed to listen to the coconut thing I don't understand anything that's happening hey, god came, I hated it oh I you came it. to one of my rounds and you you were laughing I can I saw you several times I know I'm just saying if I had to judge it then I had to actually pay attention I just oh, wanted to be right, entertained right, right. 
because I knew you were going to be a good speaker and say, say, you know, a good argument. So if you were ever debating Marie back in the day uh, and she started talking about coconuts, you know, she thinks you're a douche. <laughs> just so you know. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I... Just, just if this sounds familiar to you, then she does not apologize. She thought you were a douche. I do not she's apologize. glad she got revenge. I've had people from the speech circuit days come so... up to me and uh, I don't know who they are. And has that ever happened to you? Like you encounter somebody that, yeah. And this yeah. one person really seemed, yeah. Yeah. really, really yeah. seemed to know me. And I was like, did not know who they were. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I just, I drank a lot back then. And I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't come up. I couldn't come up with anything. I don't, I don't remember the little people. So <laughs> Right. That makes me sound like We'll cut that out. That's funny. But uh, I think when you are, it's not like fame, right? It's not fame, but I think when you're successful and somebody always sees you up on the awards podium right. or the stage to get a award, they feel like they know you the way they would feel like they know a celebrity. I think so. You know, it's like, so. yeah. 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 So, um, okay. So then here's, um, we, we covered Marie and her debate revenge and we covered soccer revenge and we covered child molester revenge murder um we talked about revenge porn oh yes revenge porn so the takeaway here is 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 stop sending revenge porn people stop doing it don't be an ass so um ready to wrap it up yeah i mean i think i think you'll feel in the in the moment you might feel some satisfaction with revenge but like going back to my example of wanting to get revenge on people who call me out for using uh, devices on the beach. I think if I did jump up and like take this old guy down that I'd feel bad instantly, you know? Mm -hmm. I know, which is why I'm sort of glad I didn't tell the guy that my mother-in-law was dying. I didn't need to ruin his day. You know what I mean? It was like, he, he meant well, just don't do things like that. That's the other takeaway. Don't walk up to people and tell them shit. Just unless they're on speakerphone. If for any reason someone's on speakerphone in public, feel free to make them feel like complete <laughs> assholes because they are. Well, and, and the right. problem with revenge is it it consumes you and it harms you more than it harms the other person in the end. I mean, I think unless- Yeah, you're... that's that whole cliche, you know, it's like you're drinking poison and hoping they get sick. Yeah. And, and I, I did talk to my kids a lot about forgiveness and we should have, I maybe should have brought in some forgiveness talk is the psychological benefits of forgiveness versus the psychological benefits of revenge because forgiveness isn't about the other person. It's about you and you, you get, you don't give them permission to do it again or say it was okay. It just means that you're not going to let it affect your daily life. If you're getting revenge, then it's affecting your daily life. It affects, right. you know, it affects everything about you and your life and and that guy, by the way, Jody, the one who was molested, he was angry at his father for doing that. He wasn't like, thanks, dad, you know, and he gives um, presentations around uh, the country. And he, he wrote a book talking about how to teach your kids how to talk to you about child molestation and tell you what's happening. But don't tell them that you would kill somebody, because that's one of the reasons why people don't talk. Well, it's one of the reasons why kids don't tell people that it's happening is because they're afraid of that which I can see that totally, you know, you think you say it, but, and it's not going to matter, but it does. So, yeah. All right. That was revenge talk. And someday we'll do another riveting revenge talk about other murders yeah. and poisons. This and isn't the last time and things like that. This isn't the last time we're going to have revenge. No, 
No. Revenge will come back around. We already talked about it a couple weeks ago because the, the show put down that sandwich about the Dallas poop sprinkler. Go listen to that episode. Yeah. He was getting revenge. Didn't like the way they were treating him at the store. He put his poo all over the donuts. Don't do that either, people. That's the other takeaway. Just leave your poo alone. Okay, yeah. There you go. There's your, yeah. All right. So we're going to wrap this up. And next time we're going to talk about some MRSID no. thing a- that Marie a- has, has to just do with a- something that makes me, that makes me very sleepy. We're going to talk about ASMR. It makes me very sleepy and not in a good way. I just get very sleepy. Crime related <laughs> ASMR. Okay. Um, go to our website, fearthispodcast.com and give us some reviews on iTunes that are five stars and write, oh my God, we've got to read. We will read at least one review next episode we yes we didn't do it the last few weeks it'll happen yes and go to our website and subscribe there for exclusive content that uh sure to change your life yep it's life-changing we've established that it will continue to change your life see you next time okay all right bye bye later